We would like to welcome you to the first show of 2018, and of course I would like to wish each and every one of you out there a very happy new year, and uh, hope that 2018 uh, leads to uh, a brighter, uh, more successful, and peaceful future for everyone. With that in mind, uh, my name is Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show, and we have some of the very best in jazz music. We usually start out with our jazz feature, and we will be getting to that in uh, just a very few moments. But I've uh, to open the show this year, I've decided to go back into my own musical history for a moment and play you the first jazz record that I ever owned. It's a story. Um, I was uh, raised in a pretty musical family, and uh, we grew up in, uh, I grew up in Montreal in New York, and my mother and my dad uh, took me to uh, classical music concerts, and Montreal had a, a wonderful um, concerts for young people with uh, Sir Wilfred Pelche, uh, a wonderful uh, raconteur and conductor. And uh, this was all very educational for uh, myself, being uh, just a little kid. But music fascinated me. And, of course, um, those young people's concerts were great because he went through all the instruments in the orchestra and had the musicians demonstrate uh, what they sounded like and so on and so forth. And uh, they didn't have the same type of uh, uh, program in New York, but they did have um, lots of concerts. And uh, it was very interesting. And, of course, there was an incredible amount of music on the radio, um, classical music, um, uh, jazz music and and of course the the popular music of the day and I really didn't know what jazz was but I did of course hear some jazz on the radio and I thought gee I like that although I didn't have a definition for it it was just it just sounded good to me so to make a long story short because <laughs> I could go on about this um, I was visiting my favorite aunt and my favorite uh, aunt and uncle uh, with my parents and um, they had a daughter who was much older than, than me. She was already a teenager and of course I was just a little kid and um, but she had a very fine collection of records and she happened to be home uh, the day that we were visiting uh, for dinner and so uh, I asked her to play some of her records for me. And, of course, uh, she liked, you know, big band stuff. And uh, there was some Benny Goodman. There was some uh, Harry James. Um, but there was this one recording that she had that just got me. And I thought, this is it. This is the real deal. This is what what I like. This is what's kind of in my head. Um, somehow it appealed to me so much. And I, I made her play the, re, uh, the record several times, and, I, I, and uh, she saw how much I, I liked it. And she said, you know, if you take care of this, she said, you'll be coming for dinner in about two weeks. We're having, uh, there was some sort of a party going on. She said, I'll lend you this particular record. <laughs> 
that you're so fascinated with, as long as you take care of it and, uh, and bring it back when, when uh, you and your mom and dad come back for dinner uh, in a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, okay. I, I will take care of it, uh, you know, that sort of thing. I promise. And uh, I did. It was a 78 RPM record, breakable, so I had to be very careful. All those, things, all those records at the time were breakable. And I took very, very good care of it, made sure the needle didn't scratch over it and so on. But I played it over and over again at home on our own record player for the two weeks that I had it. So the upshot of the whole thing was when um, we went for dinner again, Betty wasn't home. Betty was my teenage cousin. Big Betty, I called her. And uh, she was my teenage cousin, but she wasn't home. She was out on a date. But my aunt, her mom, uh, just as I, we were leaving, I returned the record, of course. Uh, I, I hated to do it, but uh, I'd listened to it so many times that I almost had it memorized. My aunt gave me something that um, was all wrapped up in gift wrap, and she said, this is for you. And I, I really didn't know what it was. And I said, uh, can, I, can I open it? She said, no, you, you open it when you get home. And I said, okay, okay uh, fine. So, of course, <laughs> I was really anxious to get the hell out of there and go home uh, with my parents. I <laughs> and, of course, once I got home, I, I took the wrapping off, and it was it was all neatly... Uh, wrapped up, and it was the record. It was that that particular record. Um, my cousin had gone out and found another copy of it, and uh, and uh, gave it to me as a present. So I'm going to play you that record because this is this is the one that sealed the deal for me. And I'll tell you what it is. It's Harry James, the great trumpet player from the swing era. Some of his best work is on here, and he's playing with two great boogie-woogie pianists. The first one um, is Pete Johnson, and the second one is really my favorite boogie-woogie pianist, Albert Ammons. Uh, he's on the second tune, and the bass player is a guy named Johnny Williams, and uh, the hip drummer is a fellow named Eddie Doherty. And uh, this stuff was recorded, actually, in 1939. It was Harry James and the Boogie Woogie Trio. And the first tune is called uh, Boo Woo, short for Boogie Woogie, right? And the second tune is called Woo Woo. That's it. But this is the one that, uh, that did it for me. And I hope you enjoy these uh, two Great pieces of music, and we're going to open the show. Then we're going to get to the jazz feature, and I'll tell you what it is after we hear this music.
There you go. <laughs> My very first jazz record. And uh, that's what it is. Harry James on trumpet with the Boogie Woogie Trio. And the first pianist was Pete Johnson. And on the second tune, the pianist was Albert Ammons, the father of the great tenor saxophonist Gene Ammons. And the bass player, Johnny Williams, and uh, some pretty slick drumming by Eddie Doherty. And the tunes, um, very simple uh, kinds of tunes, but uh, very direct. And uh, for the day, and even today, very hip, too. First one was called Boo Woo, short for Boogie Woogie, and the second one was called Woo Woo. So there you go. All right, enough nostalgia. <laughs> We're going to get to our jazz feature, and we'd just like to remind you that uh, you are listening to CITR FM 101.9. If you want to listen on your computer, it's CITR.ca. And our jazz feature this evening is one of the foremost voices of the tenor saxophone. His name, Dexter Gordon. Born in Los Angeles, he was the son of a doctor, very prominent doctor in Los Angeles. Dexter was kind of a child prodigy and began playing professionally in his teens um, and recording as well, uh, an amazing player. And Dexter was one of the very first um, tenor saxophonists to adopt and adapt to the more modern way of playing. In other words, he was a, a real jazz pioneer. Um, he really fell in with the music of Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker, which uh, both of those gentlemen, of course, were revolutionizing music with their new sounds. And uh, Dexter fit right in. As a matter of fact, he recorded um, some classic tracks with, uh, with Dizzy Gillespie. Um, back when he was scarcely out of his teens, and of course became one of the most prominent voices in the 1940s and recorded prolifically. Um, he uh, divided his time between his hometown of Los Angeles and New York City and recorded in both of those cities. Um, was a very popular uh, artist. He had his very distinctive sound and really was one of the great influences on all the up-and-coming tenor saxophonists. Uh, Sonny Rollins listed Dexter Gordon as one of his favorites. John Coltrane said that Dexter Gordon was the one that inspired him um, to, uh, to take up the tenor saxophone and, and, and play, and early Coltrane really uh, reflects a Dexter Gordon influence. Dexter was a huge uh, musical in influence and, um, of course, a magnificent player, and also a very charismatic uh, personality. He had a big, deep voice. He was six foot five, very, very handsome man. And he commanded any room that he, he walked into. Long, tall Dexter, they called him. Dexter, um, in the early 50s, was, was very popular. He had moved back to Los Angeles at the time. And he was working um, in, uh, with another great saxophone player, Wardell Gray, and uh, they teamed up and made a whole bunch of recordings together and concerts, and, and um, was uh, in the early 50s, things were looking good. However, um, unfortunately for Dexter, um, he succumbed to 
a drug habit. A lot of musicians of his generation did that, and Dexter fell into that. Um, and the 50s for Dexter Gordon were kind of a washout. He did record a couple of times, but he uh, spent quite a bit of time um, incarcerated for narcotics offenses. And uh, sad to say, a lot of people forgot about Dexter Gordon because at the time when he was away and not publicly playing, um, the audience can be kind of fickle. And, of course, coming up were players like Stan Getz, um, Sonny Rollins, uh, Zoot Sims, and, of course, a little later on, John Coltrane. And, and people sort of forgot about Dexter Gordon sad to say, and after his trials and tribulations of the 1950s, he finally emerged um, playing better than ever, and uh, he was uh, clean, Uh, he'd served his time, and um, he started recording again. Uh, He made a couple of um, albums uh, in Los Angeles and decided to pack his bags and head for New York City. So he got to New York and uh, began sitting in and, of course, making a big impression. And uh, Alfred Lyon, the head of Blue Note Records, heard Dexter and was totally blown away and signed Dexter to a contract and uh, eventually... um, and began recording uh, Dexter. His first uh, records, his first two records for Blue Note were uh, greeted with uh, critical acclaim, and, uh, and they were selling very well, and it was obvious that Dexter Gordon was back in force. And then this album that we're going to play is our jazz feature. Now, what we're doing this month is featuring albums that were highly praised by the critics and became jazz classics. Back in November, we played a bunch of albums on our jazz feature that were dissed initially by the jazz critics and despite that became jazz classics. But these ones that we're going to do this month and beginning with this Dexter Gordon album um, got five stars, rave reviews uh, by the critics and, of course, um, the jazz public uh, bought the records, and, and they were very, uh, very, very good sellers. This album is, was Dexter's third album for Blue Note Records, and it's called Go. And I remember chatting with Dexter one time. We had a long talk about this and that and the other thing, and, and uh, he told me that this was his very favorite record. And I, I questioned him on that. I said, well, you made so many albums in, in your career. And he said, no. He said, if I had never made another album, he said, this would be the album that I would want uh, as, as my legacy. You know, if I had to quit playing after this album, this would be it. So um, it was really his own favorite album. And, of course, uh, that's what we're going to hear on the jazz feature. The album came out on Blue Note Records, called Go, and it features Dexter Gordon backed up by this incredible rhythm section with the great and sadly ill-fated Sonny Clark on piano, Um, Butch Warren on bass, who was uh, at the time Thelonious Monk's bass player, and the great Billy Higgins on drums. 
and Butch and Billy are just the perfect uh, bassist and drummer. They work together so beautifully. And Sonny Clark is one was one of the favored piano players of the time, a wonderful soloist, very, very relaxed player. But all the horn players loved Sonny Clark because he, he backed, uh, he was able to back all the horn players so sensitively. And um, everyone loved working with Sonny Clark. So this was a perfect rhythm section for Dexter. And, of course, uh, he came into the studio and the session took flight right from the get-go. And we're going to hear the six tunes on this recording. It was done in uh, August of 1962 at Rudy Van Gelder's recording studio. And we begin with um, the only original composition on the date, written by Dexter Gordon, and it opens with his tune called Cheesecake. And then we go to a beautiful ballad written by Julie Stein, Sammy Kahn, uh, a lovely tune called I Guess I'll Hang My Tears Out to Dry, beautifully played by Mr. Gordon. And tune number three harkens back to Dexter's days with the legendary Billy Eckstein band, and he's playing a Billy Eckstein composition written by Billy and uh, arranger Jerry Valentine. It's called The Second Balcony Jump. Then tune number four, to me, is the capper of the whole session. And it's Cole Porter's famous tune, Love for Sale. I don't think there's any other version that equals this one. Um, Then we go from Love for Sale to another gorgeous ballad. Uh, Actually, this is just about every... Um, equal. Sonny Rollins did this tune as well, but Dexter's version of this is right up there with, uh, with Sonny's. It's a gorgeous ballad called Where Are You? And the final tune is an old uh, pop tune entitled Three O'Clock in the Morning. So, that's it. Dexter Gordon on tenor saxophone, Sonny Clark on piano, Butch Warren on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. And the album, Go, our jazz feature this evening. Sit back and enjoy one of the great tenor saxophonists in jazz. Thank you. 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our jazz feature this evening. The magnificent, swaggering sound of the one and only Dexter Gordon from his own favorite album of his uh, own work. Dexter Gordon with this ideal rhythm section, uh, including Sonny Clark at the piano, Butch Warren on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums, and the six tunes that comprise this classic Blue Note album called Go. And we opened with uh, Dexter's original composition called Cheesecake. And, of course, that starts the album off on a very high level. And then we go from there to uh, a gorgeous ballad written by Sammy Kahn and Julie Stein entitled I Guess I'll Hang My Tears Out to Dry. Then a classic from Dexter's earlier days when he played with the um, famous Billy Eckstein Orchestra back in the 40s, um, and a tune by Mr. Eckstein and uh, arranger Jerry Valentine entitled Second Balcony Jump. And then we went to the, I think, the piece de resistance uh, of the album, Cole Porter's Love for Sale, as interpreted by the band. And um, again, Dexter's uh, incredible swagger uh, was very evident on Love for Sale, that confidence behind his playing and that huge sound. We went from there to uh, another gorgeous ballad interpreted by Mr. Gordon, Jimmy McHugh's Where Are You? And the final tune was an old uh, standard uh, from many, many years ago called Three O'Clock in the morning. Yeah, that's when all the musicians stagger home <laughs> or off to a jam session. Uh, in Dexter's case, he would always do that. Anyway, this was uh, the classic album. This is uh, the beginning of a month's jazz features um, of albums that got very, very high critical acclaim and rave reviews and are also classics, unlike the ones that we played in um, November, which were dissed by the critics, um, but went on to become classics anyway. So <laughs> there you go. So this is just kind of the opposite, but these ones are recognized by, and of course they're recognized uh, to this day as being, if you're interested in jazz at all, this would be an essential album to get. Um, one of the most, uh, powerful and incredible tenor saxophonist ever to grace the planet, the late, great Dexter Gordon. Born in Los Angeles and uh, raised there and, of course, went on to great fame and lived in Europe for many years um, and, of course, then eventually returned. He was, the, um, he was nominated, too, um, for an Academy Award for his um, portrayal of uh, a fictitious uh, musician um, in one of the great jazz movies that was not a documentary. And this was a movie called Round Midnight, and Dexter played the, uh, the leading character in that movie. Um, it was a composite kind of a, uh, a character role, and Dexter, of course, did it beautifully. Very, very talented man, Dexter Gordon. All right. You are listening to CITR, 101.9 on your FM dial or on the computer, 
www.citr.ca. And, of course, if you get on there, you can pick up our podcasts as well. You know, if you missed a show uh, and and found out that, oh, he, he played that on the jazz feature, I'd like to hear that, you can always go back into the podcasts. They're all on there. Just uh, search around on the uh, CITR website. And, of course, you can live stream us. Um, and there you go www.citr.ca. And, of course, we're broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam territory of the University of British Columbia. And we'll be back right after these messages. By the way, this is The Jazz Show, and my name's Gavin Walker. Hey there. This ad caught your attention. It also caught the attention of the coolest people from Squamish to Bellingham, music fans, students, and members of various cultural communities. If you want your ad to do the same, advertise with CITR and Discorder. If you've got a rad new ad or just something you want to share, whether in print, on air, or online, promote your wares, services, or events with us. Contact us at advertising at citr.ca or call 604-822-4342. Visit citr.ca for rates, information, and packages. This is the end of our ad, and if you're still here, we must be doing something right. So you're a member of CITR and Discorder. But are you a true friend? Get a Friends of CITR and Discorder card for $20 for discounts in Kitsilano and around UBC at On the Fringe Hair Design, Rufus Guitar Shop, Stormcrow Ale House, The Bike Kitchen, UBC Bookstore, Australian Boot Company, and so many more. Listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam speaking Musqueam people. We're going to turn our attention now to a, a wonderful album, kind of an obscure album. This came out on Muse Records, and it's by the late, great trumpeter Woody Shaw. And, uh, of course, Woody made uh, so many classic albums. Woody Shaw, um, many people think he was the uh, kind of last of the great trumpet players. It's not that there aren't great trumpet players now, but he was Woody Shaw was truly an innovator. And he had his uh, own own way of playing. You know, we have a legacy. Um, jazz is, uh, in many ways, a legacy music. And, and of course, um, with great trumpet players, we had Miles Davis, Dizzy Gillespie, Kenny Dorham, uh, Fats Navarro. All those gentlemen influenced an, the next generation of trumpeters, which, of course, Clifford Brown, Donald Byrd, Lee Morgan, Freddie Hubbard. And then there's Woody Shaw. He was the youngest, and he came on the scene in the um, mid-1960s. 
and made some very, very significant recordings, and he had his own way of playing the trumpet. Woody Shaw uh, sadly died in, in 1989. He was a victim of a, a, a horrible accident. I won't go into the story, but um, he was only 44 when he died, and that's very sad, but he really made his mark. And all of his recordings are worth getting. This one is called Love Dance. And um, it features Woody with a hand-picked band with uh, Jackie McLean's son, Rene, playing alto saxophone uh, and, uh, on this tune. But uh, Rene doesn't solo on this tune. Billy Harper on tenor saxophone does. And on trombone, Steve Ture. On piano, Joe Bonner. On bass, Cecil McBee, the great Victor Lewis on drums, my old friend Gil Henry Franco on percussion, and Tony Waters on conga drums. And this is a composition by the pianist Joe Bonner. And it, uh, the solos here are Joe Bonner, um, Woody Shaw, of course, Billy Harper, and Steve Ture. And this tune is called Love Dance. Enjoy.
That was a piece of music, the title track, actually, from this uh, wonderful album by trumpeter Woody Shaw called Love Dance. And uh, we heard Woody, of course, on trumpet. Um, And in solos, we heard pianist Joe Bonner, um, Mr. Shaw, of course, as I mentioned, Billy Harper on tenor saxophone, and Steve Ture on trombone. And um, filling out the ensemble sound was uh, Jackie McLean's son, Rene, playing uh, alto saxophone. And the other people involved, uh, Cecil McBee on bass, uh, Victor Lewis on drums, Gil Hermy Franco on percussion, and Tony Waters on uh, conga drums. Love Dance by Joe Bonner. The title track from this uh, album and... Uh, Woody Shaw, one of the all-time great uh, innovative trumpeters. We're going to, uh, in a few moments, uh, take you back to Detroit, Michigan. The whole bunch of musicians that um, most of them became very famous in the jazz world, but they were unknown at the time, only in Detroit. And I'm going to play something uh, from a concert uh, that, that took place there before these guys uh, moved to New York and, uh, and achieved a much higher profile. But first, uh, we'd just like to tell you that you are listening to The Jazz Show, our first for 2018. And uh, my name's Gavin Walker, and we'll be right back. Three women dressed in lingerie were hanging from the ceiling on meat hooks. In an adjacent room, a man was in bed with two deceased females, also wearing lingerie. He positioned their arms in a sexy embrace. Down the hall, a man holding a chainsaw stood over the motionless body of a sixth woman lying on a table covered in plastic. These are scenes from a popular music video by a Grammy award-winning artist. If we want violence against women to stop, shouldn't we stop treating it like entertainment? Join the conversation at hashtag not okay. If you or someone you know is experiencing challenges with mental health, there are lots of peer and professional resources available at UBC and in the community. Kaleidoscope is a peer-run mental health support group on campus that meets every Monday, except statutory holidays, from 5 to 6 p.m. in Buchanan Building B, Room 307. You can visit our website for updated meeting times and additional mental health resources at the-kaleidoscope.com. If you live in Vancouver and need immediate help, please phone Mental Health Emergency Services at 604-874-7307 or 1-800-SUICIDE for the rest of British Columbia. of us that uh, know that theme song. Of course, this is an introduction to uh, our weather forecast for the week, and it uh, looks pretty rainy (laughs) and uh, not too much sunshine, but uh, kind of warm out there uh, compared to the rest of the country, and and at least we're we're not getting any really severe weather here. 
but they certainly are experiencing it in other parts of the country. I think we're very lucky. Uh, for all the bitching and complaining that we do about the weather in Vancouver, <laughs> we've got it pretty good so far this so far this year. So tonight is cloudy. It's going to rain uh, off and on throughout the evening with a low of six. Uh, tomorrow is a thirty percent chance of a shower in the morning, and then basically cloudy for the rest of the day, and reasonably warm, um, up to about a high of uh, seven or eight tomorrow. Wednesday is rain. Uh, not much change in temperature, low of 5, high of 5. There you go. Um, not much variation there. Thursday is rain and windy with a low of 6 and a high of 8. Friday is cloudy with a 70% chance of a shower with a low of 5 and a high of 9. Saturday is, again, cloudy with only a 30% chance of a shower, but a little cooler with a low of 1, plus 1, and a high of 7. And Sunday is cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower um, off and on with a low of 2 and a high of 9. So there you go. There's the picture. Now, jazz fans have probably heard of uh, Donald Byrd, wonderful trumpet player. Youssef Latif, of course, a marvelous tenor saxophone player. And uh, pianist Barry Harris. Now, those three musicians... Uh, went on to, um, were all living, and they were all from uh, Detroit. Latif was not. He was born in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, but um, moved to Detroit after coming off the road and uh, studied there at uh, Wayne State University in in Detroit and uh, studied flutes and uh, uh, ethnic instruments and so on and so forth. But he was basically a tenor saxophonist, and that's what we're going to hear on this, uh, on this concert performance. Youssef Latif on tenor saxophone, Donald Byrd on trumpet, who went on to become one of the most uh, recorded uh, trumpet players of the 50s and early 60s, and even went on to uh, um, get into uh, jazz funk music uh, later on with the Blackbirds, Donald, Dr. Donald Byrd. Uh, he pursued his doctorate at the Manhattan School of Music and got it in the mid uh, in the mid fifties. An amazing, amazing musician, Donald Byrd. And on piano, still alive and still performing, and still teaching. One of the most one of the true piano wonders was Barry Harris. Is Barry Harris, and uh, he was kind of the guru of Detroit. He knew every tune in the book. He could tell you how it was structured, the chord structure, and so many musicians were inspired by Barry Harris. So we have Donald Byrd, we have Yusef Latif, we have Barry Harris. The lesser known is a wonderful man playing the euphonium, which is a band instrument, a marching band instrument. It's like a small tuba, and it has a beautiful sort of a burry sound. And his name, Bernard McKinney, and all of his brothers played. He had a, um, a couple of uh, uh, well-known brothers in the Detroit area. Uh, Bernard McKinney moved to New York, uh, converted to Islam, and became Kenny Zawadi. And um, he is on some very, very classic records. Um, but he's here, too, uh, on this set. And Milt Jackson's brother, Alvin Jackson, uh, remained basically in Detroit, and played for many years as a, a local musician. And a good friend of mine who was from, uh, originally from Detroit and went on the road for many years with Ahmad Jamal, wonderful drummer, 
And uh, I really miss him. We, we were pretty tight buddies. And uh, his name, Frank Gant. So all these uh, musicians were all based in Detroit. This was before they moved to New York. And uh, I guess, you know, if you lived in Detroit, they were considered local musicians. But they were on their way. This is from a concert that took place at the uh, New World Stage in Detroit. We hear the announcer introducing the band, and we go into a great tune written by Bud Powell, and it's called Parisian Thoroughfare. Sorry for the delay, it's coming right up now. From the World Stage Theater in Detroit, the New Music Society presents the first in a series of three concerts, featuring Donald Byrd and his quintet. Barry Harris featured at the piano, Yusuf Latif, tenor, Bernard McKinney, euphonium, Alvin Jackson, bass, Frank Gant, drums. Thank you. 
obviously the guys were having uh, <laughs> a lot of fun uh, imitating uh, Parisian traffic. Um, of course, that's a, kind of the standard uh, introduction to that tune, written by Bud Powell, called Parisian Thoroughfare. And uh, we heard a whole bunch of great musicians uh, performing um, at uh, the New World Stage in Detroit way back in 1955 before any of them left uh, Detroit for um, bigger and better things in New York City. And the people involved here, uh, Donald Byrd on trumpet, who was the leader, Youssef Latif on tenor saxophone, Bernard McKinney, on euphonium, Barry Harris on piano, Alvin Jackson on bass, and Frank Gant on drums. Parisian Thoroughfare by Bud Powell. And, of course, uh, all of these musicians, especially Donald Byrd, Youssef Latif, and Barry Harris went on to uh, great fame uh, in the jazz world and uh, influence. Uh, Bernard McKinney did, too, um, in, in a lesser role. Uh, the euphonium player, uh, and Frank Gant, uh, the drummer, went on to work uh, many, many years with uh, Ahmad Jamal. And um, the only one who kind of stayed in Detroit uh, as a, a resident local musician was uh, bassist Alvin Jackson. So there you go. Anyway, a little bit of history there and some great music, Parisian thoroughfare. We're going to turn our attention now. I um, always liked this lady's sound on soprano saxophone. Now, she has gone on to all kinds of uh, different uh, musical pursuits. An extremely talented young lady. Her name is Jane Ira Bloom. And uh, she'd be in her early 60s now. Uh, She was born in 1955, and she's from the Boston area. And Jane Ira Bloom is a... um, an absolute uh, uh, beautiful soprano saxophone player. She gets a, um, she doesn't get a, a, a nasal sound out of the instrument. She gets a rich, kind of pure sound out of the soprano saxophone, which can be sometimes, uh, well, uh, it's a very, very difficult uh, instrument to play, and it's also a difficult instrument to play in tune. And uh, you really have to devote yourself to it. Steve Lacey, one of the great masters, he, he understood the soprano saxophone. John Coltrane did, uh, obviously. That was his kind of secondary instrument. He, he developed almost an oboe-like quality on the instrument. But Jane Ira Bloom has her own sound. And uh, I like this album. It was recorded in the early 80s. And as I mentioned before, she has gone on to all kinds of different pursuits in, in music and is still very much with us. But this album I like, it's called Mighty Lights, and it was issued on Anger Records, and Jane Ira Bloom on soprano saxophone, and the incredible Fred Hirsch on piano, and the rhythm section, Charlie Hayden on bass, and the great New Orleans drummer, innovative drummer, Eddie Blackwell. And we're going to hear some tunes uh, from this album. First one is called 251, composition by Jane Ira Bloom. And then a beautiful version of Kurt Vile's ballad entitled Lost in the Stars. And we'll end the set of three with um, a Jane Ira Bloom composition called Change Up. So three tunes from this album, Mighty Lights. And uh, the wonderful sound of Jane Ira Bloom.
We just heard the music of the wonderful Jane Ira Bloom, obviously a great uh, soprano saxophonist, along with uh, Fred Hirsch on piano, Charlie Hayden on bass, and the great New Orleans drummer Eddie Blackwell. And all of this was recorded in New York City in 1982. And Jane Ira Bloom has gone on to all different styles of music, uh, electronic music, uh, symphony, all sorts of things. But uh, she's a wonderful soprano saxophone player. She started out her career as a pianist and then uh, uh, took up the uh, soprano saxophone. And it's uh, uh, a unique voice on that very difficult instrument to play. And uh, Jane Ira Bloom. So we heard uh, three tunes from this album called Mighty Lights. And uh, the first tune was called 251. And uh, the second tune was a, a beautiful uh, composition by Kurt Vile. And uh, it was entitled Lost in the Stars. And the third tune was uh, once again a Jane Ira Bloom composition, reflecting kind of. Um, the same, almost the style of uh, Lenny Tristano. Um, anyway, the tune was called Change Up. Jane Ira Bloom, Fred Hirsch on piano, Charlie Hayden on bass, and Ed Blackwell on drums. And we're going to stick with the ladies, and uh, this is one of my favorite people. She's from Vancouver, and of course she's uh, so well uh, loved by uh, everyone incredible bass player and teacher and an example of uh, somebody who is uh, so positive about life and music. Um, I'm talking about Jody Prosnick. She has a wonderful album out called Sun Songs, and it's uh, my friend Peter Hum, who writes for the uh, Ottawa Citizen. He's a um, <laughs> Newspapers are, well, you know, they've gotten rid of so many people, and um, I really, I'm really thankful that Peter Hum is still employed in a large, by a large newspaper, and he writes uh, very, very knowledgeably about uh, jazz music, and of course focuses on Canadian jazz. And he picked out uh, ten best albums of the year, uh, his choice, and this was one of them. And uh, uh, Jody is certainly deserving of um, a little more wide exposure. Um, and throughout the country, and she's such a wonderful musician and composer. We're going to hear some music by her. Uh, she's featured here, of course, on her main instrument, which is the acoustic bass. Um, Leila Bialy is uh, the vocalist. Um, Jody's husband, Tilden Webb, is on piano, and their favorite saxophonist is Steve Caldestat, and he's heard on tenor and soprano saxophones. And on drums, well, uh, you might as well hire your brother-in-law, <laughs> Jesse Cahill. So there you go. Jesse is married to uh, Jody's sister, who is a, a wonderful teacher, Kelly Prosnick, and she's a music teacher. And uh, the Prosnick family, of course, uh, is a musical family. The, uh, Jody's dad uh, was one of the legendary music teachers in, uh, in the BC school system. Anyway, this album is called Sun Songs, and it's issued on Seller Live Recordings, and it, it's worth your while. We're going to hear some music uh, 
a couple of tunes from this album. We're going to hear one by Jody entitled Listen. It's a combination. Um, Jody Prosnick wrote the, wrote the melody, and Sherry Ulrich uh, contributed to this uh, tune. And the second tune is by Jody called So Near, So Far. So here then, two songs from her album, Sun Songs. Jody Prosnick. Whisper. 
So near, so far, so near, so far, so near, so far, you yeah.
Jody Prosnick, bassist, composer, and leader on this uh, wonderful album that uh, was issued on Cellar Live entitled Sun Songs. Jody on acoustic bass, Leila Bialy on the vocals, Tilden Webb on piano, Steve Caldestad heard on tenor saxophone on the two tunes, and Jesse Cahill on drums. And we heard uh, the first tune was uh, um, co-composition, Jody Prosnick and Sherry Ulrich. It's entitled Listen. And the second tune was So Near, So Far, composition by Jody Prosnick. And uh, as I mentioned before, this um, album was uh, nominated as one of the 10 best uh, Canadian jazz albums of last year, and deservedly so. And the person that nominated them was uh, the wonderful um, music critic from the uh, Ottawa Citizen. Sometimes his uh, columns get um, into Vancouver as well, Peter Hum. And he voted this in uh, uh, album as one of his ten best. Good for Jody and uh, good for Seller Live as well. That's uh, the, uh, the label that uh, this album is on and uh, easily available. Just uh, go on your computer and check out Seller Live. All right. We're going to move now to, well, I guess this is ladies' night here on, on the JS show. I'm talking about Rini Rosness right now. Rini, of course, is, uh, was from Saskatchewan, but she was raised right here in Vancouver and went to uh, a school in North Vancouver, and um, was uh, actually taught by the great Bob Robigliati, who turned uh, Rini, who was studying um, classical piano, uh, and Bob, of course, exposed her to music of uh, Oscar Peterson and several and Art Tatum, and and uh, Rini's mind was uh, completely turned around. And of course, Rini Rosness has gone on to wonderful things. Um, she got a Canada Council grant in the 80s, moved to New York City, 
and has really never looked back since. Uh, Rini, of course, is one of the most incredible pianists. Um, she was married first to uh, the drummer on this album that we're going to hear, Billy Drummond. And um, when that marriage uh, ended, uh, Rini um, married uh, pianist Bill Charlap. And, of course, uh, she's been with Bill now for many years. And uh, they're a very happy couple. Both of them are piano virtuosos. Rini, of course, has recorded lots of albums. Um, this is one that uh, um, should be resurrected or reissued. It's uh, one of her early albums. is called For the Moments, and it was issued on Blue Note Records. And it's recorded in 1990. And it's a rather all-star group of musicians. Um, Rini, of course, on piano. Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone, Ira Coleman on bass, and Rini's then-husband, Billy Drummond, on drums. And we're going to hear two tunes from this album. The first one is a beautiful composition by Harry Warren and Ted Dubin called Summer Night. That was a tune that was recorded by Miles Davis. And um, the second tune is a difficult Thelonious Monk composition entitled Four in One. So here then, two tracks from uh, Rini's album For the Moment. Thank you. 
Two tracks from Rini Rossens's album entitled For the Moment. And uh, it's one of those albums that's uh, a little bit hard to get these days. But it um, was issued on Blue Note Records, and it's from uh, a 1990 session. Um, and it featured Rini, of course, on piano with uh, the great Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone, Iris, Ira Coleman on bass, and Rini's then-husband drummer, Billy Drummond. And we heard two tunes. We heard the uh, great Harry Warren, uh, Ted Dubin composition called Summer Night, and then we moved to uh, one by Thelonious Monk entitled Four in One. It's not an easy one to play, I tell you. Four in one. Anyway, the uh, wonderful virtuoso piano of... Um, Saskatchewan-born Rini Rosnes, who was raised right uh, here in uh, North Vancouver. She went to Hansworth High School and, uh, of course, uh, was turned on to jazz, as I mentioned before, by the wonderful music teacher, Barbara Bigliati. And uh, he was really responsible for uh, turning Rini, who was basically a, a classical pianist before, um, into a great jazz pianist. And uh, she really made the switch. Rini Rasnus. Here is one of the masters of the guitar, Wes Montgomery, with his homeboy on organ, a very unique stylist. He doesn't play like Jimmy Smith or John Patton or Jack McDuff. He's got his own thing on, on organ. Um, actually, a more pianistic approach to the, uh, to the organ. I'm talking about Melvin Ryan. And, of course, uh, he and Wes played together in Indianapolis for many years. And on drums, the great Jimmy Cobb. And we're going to hear two tunes from uh, this album that was uh, issued on Riverside Records originally called Boss Guitar. And uh, so here's Wes Montgomery doing um, a great tune, uh, very well known in the Latino community, Besame Mucho. And uh, then we'll follow that with the West Montgomery original based on the blues entitled Fried Pies. Here is Wes Montgomery. <laughs> Thank you. 
the great Wes Montgomery. And we heard him with uh, Melvin Ryan on organ. And, of course, Melvin uh, is from Indianapolis, and Wes and Mel played together for, uh, for many, many years. And on drums, the great Jimmy Cobb. And this was recorded in New York in April of 1963 from a Riverside album called Boss Guitar. And we heard Besame Mucho, of course, um, great tune, beloved by the uh, Latino community, and a West Montgomery original entitled Fried Pies. Wes Montgomery, the one and only, the thumb. That's what he did. He didn't use a pick, you know. He played strictly with his, uh, with his thumb and uh, got that unique sound on the guitar. No one plays like Wes. He's been a huge influence on, on guitar players, um, all the rock guitar players and classical guitar players and everything. Wes didn't read music either. Um, <laughs> everything, everything just, he just played and uh, was always beautiful. Howard McGee, legendary trumpet player, who was very, very prominent in the 1940s. And he kind of fell by the wayside in the 50s due to um, various personal problems and uh, came out of that whole dark period uh, into the 60s um, playing just wonderfully. And he got together with his old friend that he used to uh, work with on the West Coast before he kind of fell off the, uh, off the planet for a while, um, Tenor saxophonist Teddy Edwards. So this is a, a reunion with Teddy Edwards and Howard McGee, and backed up by one of the geniuses of the piano, Phineas Newborn Jr. On bass, Ray Brown, and on drums, Ed Thickpin. We're going to hear a tune called You Stepped Out of a Dream, and uh, then an original by Ray Brown entitled Up There, and maybe even time for one more. So here then, Teddy Edwards on tenor saxophone and Howard McGee on trumpet and company. Thank you. 
Howard McGee on trumpet and Teddy Edwards on tenor saxophone, two great legends of jazz, along with the great genius of the piano, Phineas Newborn Jr., Ray Brown on bass, and Ed Thickpen on drums. We heard three tunes from this album. Uh, this was reuniting Teddy Edwards and Howard McGee. They'd taken different paths uh, in their music, and they got back together on this uh, recording session done for Contemporary Records. And um, we heard three tunes. The first one was the standard, uh, You Stepped Out of a Dream, and then a Ray Brown original called Up There, and a Charlie Parker tune closing the set called Perhaps. Yeah, Howard McGee and Teddy Edwards. Well, that's it for the first jazz show of the new year. I certainly hope uh, those of you that are still out there uh, enjoyed the show, and um, we'll be back next week, same time, same station. My name's Gavin Walker. This has been The Jazz Show. We start at 9 p.m. and carry on until after midnight, as you likely can gather. And we'll see you next week, next Monday night, right here at CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. So you take care and uh, enjoy the warm weather um, because the rest of Canada is in a deep freeze. So we should be very, we're very fortunate out here. All right. Bye-bye for now.
Thank you. 